18 this morning. <clears throat> Luke. Chapter 17. Luke 17, I'll begin reading in verse 11. And it came to pass as he, Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that in a moment you can make a person whole. Father, the moment a soul trusts you for the forgiveness of their sins, they are made whole in your sight spiritually and entirely acceptable for heaven, totally through the grace of the Lord Jesus alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you for that. And Lord, we look to you uh, this morning. You're with us in a special way, in the power of your spirit. And we need you to minister to our hearts and give us understanding and help us in your word this morning. Please fill me and get me out of the way and use me, Father, in, in, in preaching and teaching this message this morning. Help my dear wife for laying the message in sign. Fill her with your spirit. And I thank you for the children's Sunday school hour, the adult Sunday school hour where your word has gone forth already. And Father, might, uh, might that word take root in hearts. And might we yield to that and grow in the grace and knowledge of you. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for those that are with us uh, online as well. Father, bless each one. and We look forward to the time when we can gather back together all of this building and, and to have that that, that blessed fellowship. We're thankful for uh, the fellow, this fellowship that we can have in the meantime through this different means. And Father, we thank you and praise you for that. 
Father, may your word go forth from this place that souls would be saved, that lives would be changed, that Jesus would be glorified, and that people would understand and recognize that this is life eternal, you said, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And Lord, that is indeed our prayer. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've entitled the message this morning, Return to Glory. Return to Glory. We could probably preach a series of sermons on lepers in the Bible. <laughs> uh, leprosy. Um, some good messages there. May do that <laughs> one of these times. Just those that were healed, the different situations and such. But here we have another uh, great lesson. Uh, the Lord teaching us uh, some things I pray he'll Give us that grace to apply these things to our heart. Uh, this one leper returns to give God glory. The one of ten. Wouldn't it be sad if out of all the Christians that were saved through the ages, only a tenth would return to give God glory? Wouldn't that be sad? I mean, we're, once, once we're born again, we're bought and paid for. We're his property the second time. <laughs> and it's our reasonable service, Roman says, to give our lives to him. And so here's a challenge for us to do that. You've been saved. Your life belongs to Jesus. Give it to him. <laughs> By the way, it's the best thing you can do for God's glory and for yourself is to give our lives to him. This leopard returned, this leper returned to give God glory, returned uh, to glory. First of all, we see this leper rejoiced in his healed condition. Number one, this leper rejoiced in his healed condition. Uh, Jesus had told them, he said, verse 13, end of the verse, go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass as they went... They were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Can you imagine being a leper and just covered with that leprosy and the, you know, the, you know, the, the skin dying and, the, uh, and just the whiteness of, of that and such. And, and as you walk, it just disappears. <laughs> Kind of like an Etch-a-Sketch. You, know, you, you pull that and it's gone, you know. Must have been an amazing event uh, for, them, for them to see. Uh, they were cleansed, made whole as they went. Leprosy in the Bible uh, in multiple ways is, makes a good illustration of sin. Sometimes it's used for that. But leprosy is caused by bacteria or germs uh, uh, 
called uh, Microbacterium leprae, if I'm pronouncing that right, an infection that affects the skin and the nerves of the hands and feet and can also cause problems in the eyes and nose. So we can see how it can make a fitting illustration for sin. It affects the eyes, hands, and feet. <laughs> what, what does sin do? It affects our vision. It affects our perspective of how we look at life, doesn't it? By the way, it affects our hands, what we do, doesn't it? The works that we do. It affects our feet, where we go. It was a tragic thing to have this leprosy in those days. It would be today. The medical name of leprosy is Hansen's disease. Dr. Armar Hansen of Norway is credited for the discovery of leprosy germ under a microscope. In 1873, his discovery was revolutionary. The evidence uh, was clear. They believed a germ caused leprosy. It was not hereditary. And they they continue in their writing, it was not a curse, nor was it from sin. Sometimes medical science likes to go a little too far. (laughs) Sometimes they like to exclude God. We have to be careful about that. Uh, Yes, leprosy comes from a germ. But I also read in my Bible, sometimes leprosy comes from sin. Uh, The Bible is clear on that. Remember uh, when Miriam sinned and Aaron, when they complained against Moses, what happened? God gave Miriam leprosy. Uh, for a week, anyway. You say, yeah, but if you looked real closely, uh, the, that, that leprosy came from that germ. Well, I would attest to you that that germ came from that sin. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you, we can't put God out of the picture, all right? I'm not saying all disease or all leprosy comes, come, uh, comes from sin. I'm saying it can. <laughs> it can. Remember Gehazi, uh, Elisha's servant. Elisha refused a gift. He'd given somebody a prophecy of the Lord. Elisha refused a gift. His servant ran out and said, I'll get some of that goods for myself. And what happened? Naaman the Syrian's leprosy came upon Gehazi. That came because of why? Sin. (laughs) By the way, God has power over disease, even though disease came into the world, I think because of original sin, he still has power over that. Remember what he told Moses when Moses was wondering if, 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 if he could be used by God to do all that God called him to do? God said, stick your hand in your bosom, Moses. <laughs> now pull it out. What happened? It was leprous. Put it back in. Moses, pull it out. It was clean. Who did that? God. God did that. But it was, it was indeed a terrible disease to have. You see, in those days, it can affect the eyes in several ways. Uh, the ability to, to feel something in the eye may be lost, make it, make it easier for damage to occur to the eye. It can also cause dry eyes by uh, decreasing tear production. 
Tears protect the eye by keeping it moist and healthy. Bacteria can invade the, uh, the cooler part of the eye. Reactions may involve the, the, the eye and may cause a painful red eye. An emergency situation would be required there to prevent loss of vision. What type of nerve, nerve damage can occur from leprosy? Peripheral nerves and nerves in the skin. This damage can lead to uh, loss of sweat and oil gland function, which causes dry and cracked skin on the hands and feet. Loss of the ability to feel light touch, or with more severe damage, loss of protective sensation. Protective pain sensation prevents burns. What happens when you accidentally lean against the stove? Because you feel that, your body has that reaction you don't have to think about. If you don't feel it, the reaction doesn't happen. And the hand stays there. You can lose that reflexive action, that more severe damage. Loss of protective sensation. Uh, Burns, cuts, exposures to dust, exposure to destructive pressures to the hands and feet. All of these, our body, what? Responds without thinking when it feels it. Leprosy, you can lose that. You can lose digits uh, when you don't, you know, pull them back from the fire quick enough or, uh, or recognize that the knife sliced it. What an amazing thing. Uh, but he realized, this leper, that he was whole. He'd been healed. You see, the lepers in those days had to live outside the camp or outside the, the, the house. They had, they had to cover their, their, their hand with lip crying unclean while they had leprosy. And now he, has, he was afar off, this leper. And now he's made near. As he goes back, he's going to go see the priest. I don't know how long it's been since they've been allowed to see the priest. This guy, by the way, is also a Samaritan. And now he's going to be able to go in to places he hadn't been gone because he's clean. Uh, he's made nigh by this healing. And I want you to know that our sin has separated us from God. But we are made nigh by Jesus Christ. Amen. We are brought nigh unto God. Ephesians 2, verse 11. Uh, we were uh, unsaved, the Bible says, and we were without Christ, verse 12. Uh, he goes on to say, we had no hope, we were without God in the world. And he goes on to say, that after you're saved, Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ. Now therefore you're no more strangers. But fellow citizens with saints. And of the household of God. We're made near. Through the blood of Christ. <clears throat> that leper. Had a new message to proclaim. He had to go around saying what? Unclean. Unclean. I'm unclean. Now he says. I'm clean. I'm clean. Isn't it wonderful when you're born again? You can look someone in the eye and say, I know 100% for absolute sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. 
Hey, there's no doubt about it. You say, well, that's pretty presumptuous. Who do you think you are? I don't think I'm anything. I know that because I trusted in the one who is everything. Amen. It's Jesus Christ. I'm not getting there because of my righteousness. I'm getting there because of his. And by the way, my faithfulness to him may be wavering. His faithfulness to me never is. That's why I can know that I'm going to heaven. Because he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to finish what he started, folks. <laughs> if he put his spirit in you to begin to change you, he's going to finish it. And you're stuck with him until he does that. He said what? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews, you know, Hebrews uh, uh, what is it? Uh, 5, 11, 11, 5. 11, 5, look at it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't say, unless. No. That's without condition. Once the Spirit's in, in you, He's in you. And because He's in you, and by the way, that's the only reason. The only reason people go to heaven is because God's Spirit's living in them once they ask Christ to be their Savior. That's the only reason. 1 John 5, uh, 5 uh, 13, and 11, through, on, on down through there. We have Christ in us. We have eternal life. That's the reason. Uh, praise God, he's cleansed us. Isaiah writes in Isaiah 53, 5, He, Jesus Christ, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Remember the verse there is talking about Sins and transgressions, not physical sicknesses. And the Hebrew words, by the way, attest to that. By his stripes we are healed. We were separated, severed from God because of our sin. And through Jesus Christ, faith in him, we are healed and brought back together. That, that wound is healed. It's done. The work is done there. He's, he brings us back together. Peter writes about this very passage. He says about Jesus Christ, 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self, Jesus Christ, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Same thing. Peter says, when you trust Christ as your Savior, your separation from God was healed. Now, because that's done, you should live under righteousness. See, you know, we don't live under righteousness to try to get healed and get back to God. God, already, God does that only through faith in Jesus Christ alone, not your works, not mine. But once you trust Him, once you're healed, God says, now that I brought you back through my Son, you owe me. I paid for it all. You're a debtor. Live for me. You see, if I'm earning my salvation by my good works, then when I get to heaven, God owes me. Because I've done enough good works to get there. Nobody's done that, folks. God will never be a debtor to us. See, 
He offers salvation only as a gift. And because he paid for it all, our reasonable service after we receive that free gift is just to live for him. And by the way, even then he doesn't force us to do that. Jesus in his grace said, now, now that I've paid for you, now that I bore all your sins, every one of them, every last one of them, past, present, and future, the sins of all time, of all people, for all ages, he bore on that cross. And even after that, he says, now if you love me, keep my commandments. <laughs> now if you love me, keep my commandments. We serve a gracious God, folks. <laughs> We can be healed through faith in Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. He's known as, he's called the great physician for that reason. Uh, what greater wound could be healed than our, our, our separation from God? It is said one of the most noted English physicians was succumbing to a fatal disease. He went from one authority to another until he had reached the highest on the continent. Telling this man his trouble, he received the reply, the only man who can save you is an English physician, Dr. Darwin of Derby. Sad was the reply, I am Dr. Darwin of Derby. You see, he was the best, but even he could not save himself. And you may be the best of the best compared to other people, compared to other sinful creatures, but listen, you and I are nothing, and the best person you can think of, we are nothing compared to the holiness of God. And that's why none of us can save ourselves. None of us. That's why Jesus died for us. Uh, and, and, and rose again because he's the only one who could make that payment those who think they, they will enter heaven on the merits of their own goodness have, gross, have a fatal and gross misunderstanding of at least two things they have a gross misunderstanding of the absolute purity of God's holiness and they have a gross misunderstanding of the absolute perverseness of man's sin. That's why Christ died for the sins of the whole world, was buried and rose again. That leper, he, he rejoiced in his healed condition. We ought to do the same as born-again believers. If you haven't trusted Christ as your Savior yet, been, been born again, you ought to do that then you can rejoice in that as well. Secondly, we see this leper returned in humble communion. Humble communion. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face, giving thanks at his feet. He was a Samaritan. Verses 15 and 16 there. So he goes back to Jesus. He turns around and gives God glory. He falls at Jesus' feet, giving God glory. See, he's this God the Son. He stood afar off, now he draws near. This is humility. Though he was cleansed as, uh, as cleansed could be, 
yet he falls at Jesus' feet. I think about Naaman the Syrian, the Syrian who was cleansed there in the Old Testament. Uh, the Bible says when he came up out of the river, uh, he had done finally what the prophet commanded him to do. His flesh came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Can you imagine? Not just the leprosy gone, but you get to start all over with new skin. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how, what, the, what, what the skin of these lepers, I, I don't expect it was any less when Jesus did it, you know, personally without you know, any, any in-between mediators there. That must have been something when they saw, wow, not only do I not have the leprosy, this is better than what I had before I got the leprosy. And yet he falls at Jesus' feet in humility. He can draw nigh. Uh, this blood of Christ, the Bible says, the law made nothing perfect. That's the commandments. By the way, remember that. I want to get to heaven by, the keep, by keeping the commandments. The law made nothing perfect. Complete. Finished. You can't get to heaven that way. But the bringing in of a better hope did. That's the New Testament. That's that hope I just told you about. Our only hope is that salvation is a free gift. <laughs> the bringing of better hope did. By the which we draw nigh unto God. It is through that New Testament, that new covenant, which is we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that we draw nigh unto God through the blood of Christ, not our own righteousness. Hebrews 4.15 we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Every point in our lives that is attacked by temptation lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life Jesus was attacked by. And Satan fashioned the specific temptations to fit him in each one of those categories. And yet he was victorious over them all for you and I. And so the Bible says he did that what? Yet without sin. He ne I mess I've messed up when I've been tempted and so have you. By the way, he never did. And now the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can come. John the Baptist, who was, at the time that he came, Jesus said there had not risen a greater prophet than him. He said about himself, about himself and, and Christ, he said, The latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose, Luke 3.16. I am not worthy to be a servant that bows at this man's feet uh, to take his shoes off. The Apostle Paul, who so many would believe that he's probably the greatest Christian that ever lived. He recognized also who he was compared to God, compared to Christ. It's interesting as Paul got saved and as he drew closer to God in his life and received you know, understanding and grew spiritually... 
It's interesting how his perspective of himself changed. How is that? In 1 Corinthians 15, he is finishing his third missionary journey. He is in Ephesus. I should say, he's writing the letter of 1 Corinthians in Ephesus. Finishing his third missionary journey. What does he write about himself there? 1 Corinthians 15, 9. I am the least of the apostles that am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. That's finishing his third missionary journey. Two, three years later, he finds himself in prison in Rome for a couple years, perhaps. And he writes a letter to Ephesus. What does he say about himself then? First, uh, earlier in his ministry, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. What does he say years later as he's grown, suffered even more for Christ? Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So we go from, I'm not willing to be called apostle to, I am, the less than le I am less than the least of all saints. <laughs> and finally, as he's uh, in prison, actually he gets out of prison, and we believe he was freed for a time before he would be imprisoned again. And he writes a letter to Timothy a couple years later after he gets out of prison. Here's what he says about himself then in that letter to Timothy. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. <laughs> I'm the, less, the least of all apostles. Or, or I'm not meet to be called an apostle. I'm the less, the least of, I'm less than the least of all saints. I am the chiefest of sinner. Sinners. You see, what was happening to Paul there? He was drawing closer and closer to God. You see, humility is not a virtue we pursue. Humility comes upon us when we see God, folks. <laughs> the closer we get to God, by the way, the, clo the closer you get to the sun, the more you're going to squint. <laughs> okay? It's not, it's not a virtue we seek. It's just what happens to us while we're seeking God and drawing closer. The closer we get to Him, the less we realize we are. And the more we realize that we need Him. That's what humility is. It's just realizing the truth of who He is and who we are in His sight. And the more of that we realize, the more humility will be in our lives. Jesus said uh, to some who were gay, they were, they were kind of judging themselves, their spirituality, comparing people to others, you know. Well, if I, I must be more spiritual because I sin less than that person. Well, uh, uh, Jesus says there was such an incident. He, he speaks in Luke 13, 1, he says... He says, uh, 
uh, some people told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Apparently these Galileans are giving sacrifices and Pilate sends a, a troops up. They, they kill them and take their own blood and pour it on their sacrifices. Jesus said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? You think that happened to them because they sinned more than others? Jesus said, no. I tell you, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. <laughs> Comes to get to heaven, folks. It don't matter whether you murder a thousand people or told one, one white lie. You're not getting there. <laughs> I just told a little lie, you know. That'll keep you out. James said, you commit one sin, what? You're guilty of all, the whole law. The whole law. Humility. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. You should lift you up. Listen, folks, if we've got our eyes on Jesus, we're going to be, if we're following him, drawing closer and closer, that humility is going to grow with that. It has to. It has to, if we're seeing Jesus for who he is, because he's going to be showing us who we are. We can't draw it closer to him without him showing us who we are down inside. And that's going to happen. We're going to be. Humility is something Christ does to us. He humbles us. Not something that we strive for and attain, you know. The world's most humble person and how, how, how I attained it, you know. And, uh, don't ever buy that book, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's something Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God does to us as we draw closer. It's so important in the Christian life. 1 Peter 5 5, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and what? Be clothed in humility. Be clothed in humility. Because it's all about Him, isn't it? See, humility comes from right understanding of our own depraved nature and the divine mercy and grace of God which provides us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. 2 Peter 1.3 Anything godly in your life? Who provided it? God did, didn't he? By the way, that said, didn't say most things there. It said what? All things. All things. All things. That's humbling. <laughs> that's humbling. But that's good. Because that's where God wants us. And then thirdly and finally. Learning from this leper. This leper is remembered with honor from Christ. With honor from Christ. He says there. He says, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Verse 17. There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. He returned to give glory to God. You know what God wants us to do once we get saved? God says, now, come on. Come to me. Give me glory. Let me use your body, which... My son has died for and risen again as my temple. I want to work through you to reach others. And as I said, even then he doesn't force us how gracious he is. 
How gracious. He returned to give God glory. You're bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6.20. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Christian, you are God's purchased possession. You are to give God, we are to give God glory. We ought to do that willingly. He works in us both what? To will and do of his good pleasure. Jesus gives this, this, this leper uh, honor. What is honor? A good name or public esteem, reputation. A showing of usually merited respect. John twelve twenty six. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father what? Honor. God says, I'll recognize that. How good is God? In John 5, 44, Jesus said, How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? You see, everybody in life is trying to please someone. You're trying to please a mate or, a, or, an, or a, 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 an employer, a co-worker, a Everybody's yourself. Everybody's living to please somebody. And what Jesus is saying is, we ought to be living to please him. Not to be living to please God. Because he's the one who died for us and rose again. He's the the one who's worthy of all honor. And when we live to please him, guess what he'll do? He'll point that out to others. (laughs) He'll, he'll point it out to others. Humble yourself at the sight of the Lord. What? That he may exalt you in due time. He'll lift you up. You see, we don't... We, we live to please him. That's our focus. It's to, it's to please him. And he'll honor that. Suppose we get to heaven. My wife and I were talking about this. You know, we're all... Now, we all know that all ten lepers were healed physically... What about spiritually? Were they saved at that point? Well, here's one of those things we need to, we need, one of those questions that we got the three-word answer. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Seems to me it's very likely the Samaritan one was because he turned back. Something happened not just outside his body. Something happened inside his body. He turned back and gave glory to God. And then Jesus tells him. He'd already told the others. Head for the priest. And as they did. They were, they were, their leprosy was healed. But this one come, comes back. And what Jesus says. Thy faith hath made thee whole. He learned a lesson. It involved faith. It involved faith. And Christ, the Holy Spirit, points them out in the word of God here that we have reserved for us. 
and gives him that honor. Suppose all ten lepers were saved. You and I, you're born again, you get to heaven, you trust in Christ as your Savior, and you meet one of those ten lepers. He goes up to you and says, remember those ten lepers? I was one of them. That's probably going to be your first question. <laughs> were you the one that turned back? <laughs> Christ put him in the book. He honored him. He read, the Holy Spirit led Luke to write that. See, Christ honored him because he turned back to glorify God. He put Jesus first. Now think about those lepers. Think about this. They're headed for the priests. The other nine. The priest's going to have two birds for every one of those lepers. They, they uh, kill one and dip it in water and such and, and uh, scarlet and, and hyssop and, and uh, kill one and then they take the other bird and they, they, they pour the blood uh, of the uh, dead or living bird and let the bird go. So they've got to have... Uh, not 18 birds. And by the way, healing lepers wasn't a thing that happened much in Israel, if we all know our Bibles. And uh, so they, so they got to have uh, all, all, all those birds there. They got 18 birds, nine lepers, 18. They got 20 birds all together. Okay. Well, the other lepers are headed back. They're going to get to the priest first. Guess who's going to be last, probably? The one who turned back to Jesus. I wonder if he, if he, when he got there, they were out of birds. I'm <laughs> sorry, bud. You're going to have to wait. See, because for them to be with their families, they had to go through that ritual, and then they had yet to, 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 to remain apart another, another seven days, and then they could be joined back with their families. So, what do you think those priests thought about, the, about this? Ten, this tenth leper as he wanders in. The nine are coming. Oh, here comes the nine. They came hurrying. Well, this guy, he don't have much zeal. He's kind of wandering along. He's the last one in. He's the last one in, you know. Oh, no wonder he's a Samaritan. Okay, we got it. Uh, we know where you're at, buddy. He probably risked every bit of reputation. He was probably considered the least reputable of all ten. Why? Because he turned back to God and gave him, to give him glory. Can you imagine? I wonder what went through his head as he saw those other nine going, getting healed. You know what my Bible says? I'm gonna, he said in his heart, I'm going to give him glory. I won't be first back there. They may, I may miss some things. But I'm going to give him glory. And he got in the book. Amen. <laughs> Whoo, glory. What a blessing. You see, you may grow in your life spiritually. And people begin to look down on you. You're a fanatic. You know, you know the definition of a fanatic is? Someone who's just a little, little bit more spiritual than you or I. <laughs> you know, we call them a fanatic. You know, Men may not 
recognize us, may not, may even, uh, like they may have done with that leper, less spiritual. But the key is this. He was not doing it for men. See, he didn't want to plead. He wanted, who did he want to honor and glorify first? Jesus Christ. He's first. If nobody else understands, if they all ridicule me because I'm the last one in, my family gets mad at me because they ran out of birds and I, and, and I can't see them now until later. It doesn't matter because he's first. And I do things for him. That's the way that we are to live our lives, believers. We are to live for Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ. Think about this. Jesus said about the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 5, All their works they do for to be seen of men. I mean, those first ones that got back there, they could have had the book rights. The first one, you know, healed in so many years, or the first recorded leper, you know, and they'd rush back there. They might have gone on Oprah. They could have gone on top, maybe the, the talk show, maybe the 700 Club, you know, uh, whatever. Fame! The first one back. Didn't matter the one that turned back. See, because Jesus, Jesus was first. Jesus was first. Think about this, and I'm done. <clears throat> part of my Sunday school my children's Sunday school Sunday school lesson was the next page I won't fit in right here <laughs> Second Timothy 2.15 tidy to show thyself approved unto who? God Matthew 5.16 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now notice that doesn't say let your light so shine for men. It doesn't say that. It says let your light so shine before men. In other words, while you're living in front of people, you put God first and they'll see it. You put God before them. You live for God, wherever you are. Let your light so shine before men. You're not doing it for them. We're what? Living for God, amen? We're, li we're living for an audience of one, Jesus Christ. And if we do that, what happens? The rest falls in place. The rest will fall in place. Because, yes, no one loves others like he does. We'll be like the Apostle Paul, and we will restrict our liberties when we need to to reach others. We'll be considerate of that, but we what? We live for Jesus, don't we? We live for God, first and foremost. And then, as we're doing that, our light shines what? Wherever we go. The men and women and children and those around us, our employers, then they see us. Then our light is shining before men, wherever we go. But that only happens when he's first. We become a disciple uh, to follow him, to put him first. <clears throat> Jesus said about his father, I do always those things that please him. John 8, 29. That ought to be our testimony to Jesus, amen? To Jesus. 
Paul said about this, about his ministry. For do I now persuade men? Am I in this thing to please men? Or do I seek, do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. No, I don't, live, I don't do this ministry to please men, Paul said. I do it to please God. And I will reach men in whatever way I can as long as it's pleasing to God. That's what he was saying. This final thought. You are bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 7, 23. Be not ye the servants of men. Don't ever put another human being before Jesus Christ. Don't ever put another human being before Jesus Christ. By the way, that's what brought part of this whole mess upon the world when men fall into sin. Adam put Eve before Christ. That was, that was his sin. He knew he would eat. He knew he would die. The Bible says he was not deceived. But yet, he thought it better to die than be without Eve. He thought it better to be at odds with God than be without Eve. He was sorely mistaken. And the world's paying for that error even today. Sin came in through that channel. But God says, I, I, he gave him his all to us in Christ, did he not? He held back nothing. He, in a sense, put us first. He became poor that we through his poverty might be rich, he, Ephesians tells us. And now what's left for us? Exalt him in our lives. Put him number one. Put him number one. And we'll be like this leper. One of those that falls at his feet. Finds ourselves being cleansed. And finds ourselves bringing glory uh, to God even to the point where God will honor us. He'll show others that we know God. And when a problem comes in somebody's life, guess who they're going to come to? If you have, or I and I have been shining before them, and not for them, but shining for Jesus before them, they're probably going to come to us. Probably have an opportunity to minister. And God has that for us. Uh, and for everyone uh, who's, who's born again. <clears throat> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this church. And Father, uh, there's so many things that we can learn uh, from this leper as he returned back to you, towards you. And... Uh, just puts you first in worship and praise. And that was most important for him, regardless of what circumstances would follow his, this delay that he chose. And God, I pray that you'd help us to, to worship you and praise you with our whole hearts. And Lord, to put you first, Father, in our lives. And I do thank you that that Christ came. You sent him to die for our sins and rise again, your blessed son, to heal the wound. Sin is made between every person and their God. And Father, through faith in Christ alone, that wound can be healed. 
and we can be made nigh through the righteousness of Christ, not our own. Father, if there's anyone here doubting that or wanting to do that, or maybe somebody online, Father, might you direct them in prayer? One man prayed like this, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and meant it with all his heart. And Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified. And Lord, if someone would believe that you did send your son to die for our sins and rise again, he is the perfect son of God alive and with you now. Father, if they just believe and trust in what Jesus did on Calvary for the forgiveness of their sins, and Lord, being smitten in their own heart about their guilt, if they just turn to you and say in faith, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I trust in what you've done for me through your son. Father, they would immediately be justified in your eyes and they would receive eternal life. And they could pray that prayer and whatever, there's no magical word, words in their own words, but whatever it might be, you know the heart. If they'd call out on you in faith regarding these things for salvation and for the forgiveness, for the gift of eternal life and forgiveness, you'd give it to them. And Father, I pray they would. Father, when they do, I pray they'd let us know, Father. Write us or call us. Let us know so we can send them some things to help them grow in their Christian life. And Father, now I thank you for this church, for once again the privilege to minister your word. And the word that's gone forth here, what a joy it is to know that we've heard the word of God multiple times here already. And Father, now take us home safely and help us to glorify your name. And and Lord, help us to love you supremely. Your love for us cannot be fathomed in what you did for us in Christ. And so help us, Lord, as we ought, uh, like this leper, to return and give you glory with our lives. And Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.